Hey everybody, welcome to Outspoken. I'm your host, Justin White, and this is episode 53, and this is part two of the conversation that I had with my mom. So if you haven't heard part one yet, I highly recommend it. Um, That would be found in episode 52. And yeah, we just, we had a great conversation, and we have lots of great conversations, and I'm just really grateful for that. She's she's probably the one who taught me the most about communication and about speaking my mind and about using my mind to think broadly. And um, yeah, I'm grateful to her for all kinds of stuff. And uh, I tell her so, but I'm going to say it here again. Uh, thanks, Mom. I love you. So, uh, yeah, let's listen to these birds for a minute, and then let's get back to our conversation. But I haven't really sort of pushed it. I felt like it's um it was important to let myself have that sort of fallow time yeah. not that i enjoyed it all the time but you know when i had pneumonia for all that time i spent a lot of time alone yeah and so you know coming to grips with the idea of quite possibly growing old alone is you know, that's hard yeah. and not something that I would have designed necessarily. Right. And, you know, I have, you know, I belong to this death squad and a lot of my friends are interested in death. You know, I have a lot of hospice friends. And you have so, to explain what a death squad is. You can't, you can't okay, just well, throw it that out. I belong out, to a death squad uh-huh. and then roll past it. started it. out as a death salon. Okay. And um, of which there are a number now where people just get together and talk honestly about dying, right? As if it's a natural thing, uh, which it very much yes. is. Yeah, and what a weird I renamed talk. it the Death Squad because I liked that better. It yeah. seemed more active than a salon. Yeah, it is. And we've now, you know, grown to we do all kinds of other things, but but it's a place to talk about it openly. And I've, you know done my advanced directives. I did that in that time. And um, and I need to, you know, get all that stuff organized. Yeah. So the, <clears throat> the your death plan and all that stuff came out of the, that those meetings, those discussions? Yeah, well, and, and out of that period of really facing that, you know, okay, you know, I'm 70, I just turned 73, and... Um, I want to live to 87, and, um, you know, that's 14 years. So anyway, I've just been sort of looking at all that, and, you know, on the upside, I've been happier alone than I ever have been before or that I ever thought I could be. Yeah. You know, that was why I kept getting married, that I didn't want to be alone. Mm-hmm. And now I've been alone for 20 years. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I had roommates for 10 of those, but I've been here for not... I've lived on my own for 10 because I had that. Yeah. Um, and you feel... I mean, you're not just resigned to it? You Do you feel like it's... 
it, something you like? I, I feel hugely grateful that I am as healthy as I am. Yeah. And that I can still drive, that I can still see, that I can still think. I mean, the, the memory stuff really scares me. Yeah. Because the thought of being on my own um, and, and befuddled right. is really frightening. Yeah, I can understand that. Um, and so even having to do these little things of putting things in particular places well, I hope, is I a hope little you would, scary. I hope you would call me if you actually got befuddled. Oh, yeah, I would <laughs> for sure. Okay. But, um, but the idea of that, and, and frankly, you know, I mean, I don't think that, you know, being befuddled you know, terminally befuddled is not fun with a partner either. No. But at least there's somebody to take care of you. Yeah, it's not as scary. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I don't want to be out of it and pissing away what little inheritance I might leave you guys. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, I told Eric, just shoot me. And uh, so he wasn't thrilled with that yeah i'm not crazy about that yeah either. I, uh, I see that in your reaction yeah so but i understand where you're coming from i mean you and i've talked candidly about yeah. the the difficulties of life and and how sometimes you don't really want to be around yeah and like both of us have yeah. said that um and then you know but there is enough there to keep you well and, and i'm back feeling more. that more now and mm. i feel like it's it's gradually unfolding. Mm -hmm. I mean, I decided that um, that really, you know, other circumstances aside, the thing that impacts my quality of life more than anything else is my obsessive thinking. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I've made a lot of progress on that, but... I still have a long way to go. Yeah. And so I decided that in terms of bucket lists, my really only, you know, there are a lot of places I'd like to travel. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd love to have another relationship that, you know, I mean, I'd really like to do till death do us part, mm. which gets easier by the day. <laughs> and um, it's true. Yeah, you get married in your nineties, and that's like it's a barely a commitment. I can yeah. do that. Yeah, sure. You know, I have about a ten-year span usually, so you of, know. You're talking about marriages. Like, yeah, okay. that's my usual. That's the outside. Yeah, that's, that's the, the usual. Well, that's, they've all been the relationships have all been about ten years. Okay. So pretty soon. Yeah. You know, I can do that. Yeah, you just count on it being the, the last time. Right, but I'd like to experience either dying with a partner or having a partner die on me rather than, you know, divorce. Yeah. Or a hideous breakup. Yeah. You know, so that's there. But really the only thing for sure on my bucket list is a few hours of being worry-free before I kick. That would be that. That's my ideal. So to that mm. end, I um, started doing the steps again in Al-Anon mm. with a sponsor who does not mess around. Yikes. She's Swiss and she is serious. I love her, and she is great, but she is a hard-ass sponsor. So you're, you you're working the steps specifically around that. Around my obsessing. Okay, that's which is good. what it's always been. Yeah. 
that's interfered with my serenity and my happiness yeah. more than cancer, more than and worrying about things over which I have no control. Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's is, that's. <laughs> you don't have control. Worry never controls anything. So it's you're you're not controlling it by worrying, even if it was something you had control over. Well, I mean, by I think, acting right. And I think it makes it worse. It does. Well, you know it makes it worse. Yeah. It makes you mentally insane. Nuts. Yeah. I and can, it I doesn't, can... you know, I mean, I know that you and I are bonded enough psychically that you know it when I'm worried about you, whether I tell you or not. Yeah. And I think the same is true for your daughter. Yeah. And um, so... Um, it was funny. I said to her last week, talking about her flying mm-hmm. on her own, and I was trying to make precautions about it, and she was like, I don't need that. Uh-huh. I said, well, I'm just trying to think about what will not make me neurotic. Uh-huh. And she said, nothing. <laughs> I said, it's a lot. That's the true answer. It's, she's got, she's got she, you nailed. She does. That's hilarious. I said, I said, she said, and then she softened it a little. She said, well, maybe not neurotic, but I'm going on the longest trip alone I ever have. There's no way you're not going to be worried. Yeah, it's, so. it's true. So you so you can honestly say you've never had three hours of worry-free time in your life? Oh, I go for one. One hour? You don't think you've had? Well, uh, you know, um, I mean, that's why I drank. Yeah. Because that would numb it a little bit. So when you were drunk, it would go, like, did you feel? Well, even, you know, like, no, I didn't have to be drunk, but the, I, I drank for the effect. Yeah. For the relaxation, okay. that the vile bitch would shut up a little bit. Uh-huh. So, so then I can, um, I can, like if I'm in, engrossed in a documentary mm-hmm. or a TV show that I like or something that's really mindless or a really good interview or a book, those kinds of things can distract it. Okay. Not absolutely. What about when you're writing? Yeah, that does too. Does that take it away completely? Like when you're Pretty actually much writing. when I'm actually writing. Not when yeah. you're sitting there thinking about what right. to write, but when you're right. actually yeah. engaged. In uh-huh. It. Is there anything else? Is there any other daily practice that um, can get you there? Meditation. Um, mostly more at the meditation group at Dud's house than when I do it on my own. Mm-hmm. As my mind can be going... Um, um, when it, when it's cycling through, I mean, I can absolutely relate to an obsessive mind, and I know what it's like to ruminate on things and to cycle through repeatedly. Um, but <clears throat> my worrying didn't really start until I had a kid. Like the type, you know, the type yeah. of worrying that that I think you're talking about, where it's right. just sort of like this is all stuff I can't control, and that freaks me out. And I'm worried, like I'm worried about that, or I'm worried for this, you know, for the sake of this person. I mean, for me, that's all it is. Like I don't, right. I'm not worried about how I'm going to do. I'm worried about how she's going to do. Well, and as I've realized lately, and just told my sponsor the other day when she was saying, you know, what are you so afraid of? Mm-hmm. Um, I really believe. I mean, I joked that I was codependent in utero. Mm-hmm. But I really believe that that's true. 
I never remember a minute that I wasn't worried about my mother and trying to make her happy, which she never was. Right. She gave you lots of And, you know, I now see that she was depressed. Yeah. But we didn't talk about that then. She was depressed, and she was a really smart woman who would have done great things on her own if she'd been born 30 years later. Right. But, you know, was stuck at home with a bunch of kids who she adored, and she said that, you know, raising us was the happiest time of her life, but I don't want to know what the rest of her life was like <laughs> if that was true. Well, and also you did a lot of the raising. Well, but I remember being worried about her and feeling responsible for her as far back as I can remember. Yeah, well, I could say the same about you. I don't know if that's, if that's just how it is. I mean, you worry about your parents. Yeah. I, was, I mean, when, anytime you were emotional about something and didn't seem to have, rain, have the reins, uh-huh. that was worrisome. And, yeah, and that's a big part of what shaped my personality. Because uh-huh. I was like, "Well, I better step up and right. be there, and right. be supportive, and be emotionally steady." Uh huh. For you and Eric, right? And, um, which is fine. I mean, I don't. I'm not. I don't. If anything, I should credit you. I'm not. I don't. Well, no, you. but you shouldn't have had to do that. Well, every kid does, though. That's the thing. Like, I think every single kid has. To, they look at their parents at some point and recognize that their parents are also scared of something, right? And also right. not sure what life's going to yeah. turn out. And, right. You know. No, that is a developmental. Yeah. Step. And then, if you see any sort of pattern where their unhappiness is is apparent or their worry is apparent, then you start to it starts to become uh, habitual for you as well for the kid. that I was a weird little kid yeah. and um, and I like being of service I mean that's part of what I'm doing now that I really like yeah. I enjoy that Yeah. so that you know there was a part of it that wasn't just neurotic right. but I for some reason took on way way more than my share of responsibility for how everything went down yeah and carried that with you for most of your life, right? Or still? Or all. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So what, I mean, what could you do to, to at least at this point in your life, like what could you do to relieve yourself of some of those duties, you know? I think, I think Al-Anon is the way to do it. I mean, I think that's the, the treatment for what I have. Yeah, I I do. I think the steps are a brilliant uh, spiritual path. I think, I mean, I think I think all spiritual paths are the same at their core. Have the same goal in mind, or yeah, I mean, basically, it's about you know tuning into the God in you, 
okay. and um, living from that place. Um, but, or the Buddha or whatever you want, you know, some people don't believe in God, God. And I've had a hard time this time settling on what a higher power is. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was why some of my faith was being shaken. Because these days it's a little challenging to believe in a higher intelligence. Mm -hmm. Because there's so much stupid shit happening. Yeah. Well, I like to remind myself and others that that stupid shit that's happening is not coming from that higher intelligence. Yeah. It's an expression of all there is, but it's the human filter, I believe, that's twisting it into this weird shape. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I've had a hard time coming up with believing in a higher power this time through. What are you doing to, what are you relying on right now? Well, I can see nature Mm -hmm. and, you know, beauty and love and all of that. And also, ever since I was a little kid, I off and on have had sort of intimate, relationships with Jesus, huh. not the, not you know, the, the right-wing Jesus. Christian Jesus, right. but the, you know, the real deal. Yeah. Um, and, um, and so that's, I mean, I can remember as a kid when I was doing, trying to, you know, getting ready to join the church, mm-hmm. that, that I could have a sense of the Jesus energy, like the Course in Miracles, Jesus, and right. the, you know that. So that's sort of what I'm relying on, and and nature. Cool. And um, what what was your higher power in other the last well, time? Well, I've always talked stuff, about so. God, and you know, I guess I believe in God, but I just don't know what that is. Yeah. And it's just being so sullied mm-hmm. by these people who claim to be religious and are such such brutal selfish you know dicks (laughs) yes they are they're as far from uh, the teachings of christ as you can get uh, or of any any true spiritual belief and and the other thing actually that's been helpful is something that dud says on the cd that i listen to every night before i go to sleep Mm. which is that you know you don't breathe yourself you don't beat your own heart there's something Mm-hmm. bigger than you <clears throat> right that is in charge of things that you don't control that's a buddhist thing isn't it that uh, uh, like sort of you, I, you're not you're not doing it it's just being done it's yeah like well it's, and just that you're you know that whatever it is that has me breathe while i'm asleep right you know i can rely on that right and it and i don't have to define what it is yeah. It just is, and it's bigger than me. Life energy. Right. And so so that's what I want to turn things over to. Okay. And this, you know, this over-responsibility is, you know, has done more to impinge on my happiness than anything else. Yeah. You know, I go give these speeches about the cancer, and people are, you know, like, oh, my God, you've been through so much. And it's like, oh, you have no idea. <laughs> Spend an hour in my brain. Yeah. And when I was first thought of the vile bitch upstairs, I was 
hanging out with some really great but pretty new agey kind of people. Mm -hmm. And they said, oh, vile is way too strong a word. I was like, oh, you so don't know her. Yeah. It's an understatement. Yeah. So there's no f f bomb in there with yeah, it. Yeah, right. So softening. that's uh, that's uh, holding back. Yeah. yeah so I, I, I hear you. I can relate. Yeah. Well, this. I mean, your own critic is always the worst one. I'm pretty sure most people people can relate to that. Well, when feeling. I talk about the vile bitch upstairs, that's what people remember. That's what they relate to the most. Yeah, right? I mean, men and women alike, and I can give an hour speech, and that's the piece that they'll hang on to. Because everybody's got it. Yeah. Everybody's got that self-critic. And I didn't know that when I started talking about it, but, mm. but yes. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's probably the other thing about it that's universal is that nobody thinks that anyone else's could be as dominant yeah. as yeah. theirs. And, it, you know, mine is really out of control. Uh -huh. I mean, my critic is really... Right. Yeah. You know, we, yep. all, we all beat ourselves up and right. it's something that we could learn not to do, I think, by telling each other it's okay. Yeah. You know? And I think by admitting our, our faults as, as they're described, I don't even think they're necessarily faults, but I think right. like just but talking the, openly about what others might see as shortcomings or ways in which your life didn't, you know, or things go that according you learned to plan. To do or, at an early age because you had to that no longer serve you. Yeah, well that's a huge one. I mean I that's mean, my whole story. That's, that's you know, that's my that's my preference in rather than a character defects. Yeah. Just saying just, like it's a story and you need to change the story. You know, I mean how you, tell you it. had it for a reason. Yeah. It served you at some point, but it you know, maybe it doesn't now. Or definitely it doesn't now, but how do you convince your brain of that? In, I mean, in my case, I know that my defense mechanisms that were hardwired as a very, very young boy uh -huh. are no longer serving me. And in fact, they're destructive, you know. So I see that plainly and I have for many, many years. But that doesn't change the, the impulse or the default, which is just to go straight to that. Yeah. I think, I don't know, for me, the... Um Forgiveness has a lot to do with that, mm -hmm. of both yourself and others, myself yeah. and others. And how do you achieve forgiveness? Does it come somewhat naturally to you, or no. is it a struggle? No, not yeah. at all. Uh, what do you do? How do you do it? Um, well, gratitude, actually, is, is something that I can practice that leads to forgiveness. Okay. So I, for years, have kept a gratitude list. Pretty much every day. That's great. You know, I've, I've done that myself for, for periods of time, yeah. and it does feel better. You yeah, feel better at doing it. And there's actually scientific evidence now yeah. that says that, that gratuitous gratitude or appreciation, just telling somebody something that you like about them for no reason at all makes you happier. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. The pheromones light up. Yeah. And like, oh, yeah, that felt good. That yeah. person loved hearing that, and it made right. me feel great. And, and yeah. just, you know, smiling at somebody on the street. I mean, I'm very shy with strangers. Yeah. And don't tend to, you know, take up with people in my day-to-day. -day. But, you know, a, a chance interaction with somebody yeah. can make you feel better. Absolutely. And, and in terms of the forgiveness thing, I think that where other people are concerned... 
is, you know, really getting it that my holding a grudge against them only hurts me. Yeah, but if you get that intellectually, which I do, I still can't stop myself from doing it. Um, I mean, I was talking to my therapist about this recently, last week, and she said, she said she personally has never experienced actual forgiveness. She has never had that feeling of having actually forgiven a person for something. She said either it matters or it doesn't. So, when, you wow. know, if it matters, then it bothers her. If it, and if she can put it in the category of not mattering anymore, then it doesn't affect her, apparently. I'm not able to do that either, but, um, but I just thought it was interesting. Like she said yeah. flat out, like, I don't really believe in forgiveness because I, I haven't experienced it. She's wow. not, I don't think she's saying it's like you shouldn't aim for that or anything. You know, I don't think she's saying don't try to forgive. She's just saying she hasn't. And, and I don't, you know, I feel like I can, I feel like the, the feeling that I have around whatever the, the perceived, uh, you know, wound or, or actual uh -huh. wound is, uh, diminishes over time, but the memory of the incident still remains and it's still a painful memory. So in some, on some level, when I think of that person, I think of that thing and then I have this little tinge of pain and then I'm it registers as this sort of as a resentment or something you know it's like well I wish they hadn't have done that because then I would I wouldn't have to think of them in this way you know yeah but it's but it's removing myself from the responsibility of of like I don't know it's a strange thing I don't it's not a conscious choice I'm not saying to myself I'm never gonna let, yeah, you know, I don't I don't want to hold on to this shit. I really don't. But it's there. It stays. And I feel like it's because of the age that I was that this that all this stuff started to take shape. Like my brain was was built around this idea that it that the world was not a safe place, you know, and you got to watch out. You got to you got to and, and that's the psychoanalytic view of things that everything that happens to you by the time you're five is immutable. Well, I'm, I don't not saying it's, that. I'm not saying it's immutable, but I'm saying it's a strong imprint that happened very early and it happened in a way that convinced me that it, that that was the absolute truth, you know, because it was that age. Like if I had been older and somebody had come and been coming at me in attack mode, I might uh -huh. have had a better framework for what life was actually about and what, you know, that my, my survival was not actually at stake, right. which it felt like it was at age three, you know. Well, and I think that, you know, I think what I'm doing now is that really early imprinted stuff that was even earlier than, than age three. Yeah. But I disagree that, I mean, I have experienced forgiveness. Okay. And I, you know, I mean, I, and, and I don't think it's easy no. to get to, but, and I think really for me the way in is, is more sort of pragmatic that the fact that it's hurting me yeah. to hold on to that shit. Well, that's a it, that would work for me if I didn't have this self-destructive bent that already allows me to hurt myself without any, you know, resistance or any questioning. Uh -huh. Well, this is not what a mother wants to hear. I know, but I, you're aware of it. I mean, you're aware yeah. of like how that's sort of led me yeah. in, into situ situations that maybe weren't 
the smartest or safest. And, you know, I mean, I've, I'm a very capable and, and confident person. So the things that I've done in my life, I've done with knowledge of what the risks are. I'm not, I wasn't just stupidly blindly running out into, no. but I've done some dumb risky stuff. Uh-huh. You know? But part of that is, I think stems all the way back to that same thing where it's like, well, uh, well, I don't know. I think everybody's got their whole range of what they think about themselves and how they, how, what their worth is and how they fit in the world and stuff. But it, some of us have this ability to, to like abuse ourselves to no end. And, right, um, which is what I do too in I know. a different way, yeah. I know, a lot of us. And, and, and we learn how to do it from each other too. Um, well, uh, the, the thing that I can tell you about that that might help you or not is that I have been more successful in doing this work because I must have some self-destructive thing too um, when I tell myself that you'll benefit for, from it. Me, that I will? That you or will or your brother will or okay. your daughter will. So if it's somebody, for somebody else, you can do it. You, you know, I can do the codependent forgiveness. Right. Well, that's kind of what I... That's So that might be something that would work for you that you may not, you know, that you would be shitty enough to yourself yeah. to hold on to grievances from whenever, even though you know it hurts you. Yep. But when you realize that it hurts your daughter, then maybe you'll be motivated to do something about it. Well, absolutely. Because I, that's, you know, that's how it's worked for me. Well, that's already been the motivator yeah. for me, and I probably wouldn't have done half the shit that yeah. I did. I probably wouldn't be here, right. <laughs> frankly. Yeah. Um, but I... Well, I don't know. Maybe I would. I mean, I have a, I have a, I have a, a lust for life. I really do yeah. like to experience. Yeah. So I don't want to hear things. you say that. No, I mean, yeah. well, there was a time where it wasn't. I couldn't see the value of myself. Uh huh. I couldn't. I couldn't like. It. It didn't register high enough to be much more than anything. Like just for me, it was just kind of, or for you or for yeah. her. it was like for the people well, who definitely loved me. for me well i knew that and yeah. maybe that was enough i mean there's no way i could have harmed myself knowing what it would do to you um but good yeah i mean that might have i don't know i mean we don't have to talk about that but but it's it's just the if you don't have that innate wiring that says hey take care of yourself it's important and it's smart and it's the thing to do then you can't use that same motivator. You can't use. I don't the, know the that anybody has that, do they? The self care. Yeah. Thing? Yeah. Self care. Yeah. King. People that are like fitness nuts and like dietary. Yeah, you know, but like just, a lot of those people have gotten there through a really crazy road. Well, sure, but it's. Um, I mean, what road isn't crazy yeah. in the yeah, human that's world? True. Uh, I don't know. I just think that some people get that that like oh i'm i'm killing myself i should stop uh-huh. and other people are like oh i'm killing myself well that's a shame that's too uh-huh. bad like I, I guess i wish it were different but this is what i'm this is how i'm living so well a lot of people don't even are even honest with themselves about the fact that they're doing it yeah so. well, i'm at least trying to do that yeah but i don't yeah. i don't think that's helping me you know that much i'm not i'm not taking the necessary action to for to achieve the level of self-care that I know is available to me, you know? 
in spite of the fact that it that it could harm me or my daughter you know and i have the full awareness of that and i love my kid more than anything yeah. and i would do anything for her and yet i still will do these things in, instinctively just it's just like a built-in thing like well yeah i know it i know that it's not a good idea to drink a whole shitload of coffee and not eat and you're going to uh-huh. feel bad if you do that and it's going to mess with your whole system and you know i know that and yet i do it so well i mean i've only really started doing self-care of uh, any kind of quality at all in the last couple of years so well and a lot of people never fine. do or they never yeah. try to and yeah but but <clears throat> and, and you I, do you know you do a lot of good things you know you eat pretty well and you keep a nice house and you know all that stuff so yeah my i mean yeah, I mean, I have a certain standard of living for myself that just for my own comfort and, yeah. and the the environment that I want to live in. Right. Know, I, I get to design that. I'm yeah. lucky enough to do to have yeah, that. Yeah, that's so, great. Um, but so, yeah, I guess I care that much. Yeah. Um, and I do want to be here and I do yeah. want to see my kid grow up and I want to experience my friends and family's lives. Uh-huh. And, you know, all that stuff is valid and worthwhile to me. Um and still there's like a there's a deeper it just feels like a wiring it just feels like it's in my brain i don't mm-hmm. i don't i don't write that script it's just there and i have to rewrite it i have to yeah. continually you know try to amend it so that it's a different story and i guess doing that is is something in and of itself absolutely like being, being engaged in that is better than not absolutely and i do feel the benefits when i'm paying attention and you know making active steps toward a better life. Uh-huh. But I also routinely, I would say, ignore some fairly basic needs. And uh and even though it's not really sustainable, I have sustained that lifestyle for a very long time. Uh-huh. Just like sort of like, well, it's okay if I don't sleep. It's okay if I don't eat. Or yeah. Whatever, you know, I don't feel good. It's hurting my body, but I, you know, I'll be all right. I don't need, you know, I know you're supposed to go to the dentist every six months, but I go every few years, you know, it's not, yeah. it's not advisable. It's not something you would tell somebody else. And yet, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to, I, I'm always trying to, to understand it myself. Like what would lead me to do, to pri- to prioritize so badly, even with the understanding of what the, what the outcome is going to be, you know? And some of it feels like it's almost a, it's like a need to to experience that that side of it or something like the not like the not good yeah i mean i I have a feeling that you're you know wanting to get the whole sort of experience this lifetime that's sort of what it was about from the beginning yeah like like i need firsthand experience of every single thing yeah and you know it's not i mean it's not all that atypical not to get medical care or dental whatever for men you know there are men who don't do it at all yeah yeah no i think it will yeah the part about just wanting to experience things is what resonates for me yeah it's because it's, it's not it's not a conscious thought to avoid go getting that right that stuff right. done it's just that it doesn't 
register is yeah. that important. Yeah. It's like I have teeth and you they don't they... want to be telling me this or I'm gonna start nagging you again. I'm doing all this work not to nag you. You might um, want to keep this to yourself. No, I'm testing your, your abilities. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not ready for what, the test what's, yet. What I'm step are you on? I'm just setting to three. Okay. I'll wait till after four. I can, yeah. I can, I'll lay all this shit. Uh, no, wait shit till on you. you know, wait till I'm down around twelve. Okay. Then I'll let you know. Well you'll know because I'll be back with a man's reveal stuff to us as kids and and just like keep your psychology private or or is that um were you okay with everything being out in the open and us understanding that adult this i sort of jumped to a different time uh-huh. but, that's all right um i'm just curious to know like how how aware you were of your impact on us and when and how like how that I, I don't think, I mean. Did you did you think much about, like, I, sh- I can't say this or I shouldn't do that? Or, I, or was it just, were you just sort of following your, I don't know. I, I don't even know what I'm asking. Yeah, exactly. I don't remember not, I mean, I certainly tried to understand. I mean, I've always been psychological about things. That's always what's interested me. Yeah is the, you know, why people do the things they do. Right. And I, I always, you know, I was always worried about the impact of the divorces and stuff on you guys. And I think tried to talk to you about things. Yeah, you did. At a level that you would understand. So I don't remember, you know, really trying to hide things from you or not wanting you to know. Yeah. What was going on? No, I don't. I didn't get the sense that you did. Yeah. Either. I'm. I'm just because that's what I think about myself when I'm parenting. You know, is this is what I'm revealing right now too far over the line? Is it more than she needs to know? And there are certainly things that I didn't say. Mm-hmm. You know, because I didn't think you were needed to know them. And did you like what? I well, certainly you know, not my some of my activities, but, uh, yeah. or any, any problem that I might have with your dad, I tried to not talk about that in front of you. And did you think that we weren't aware? No, <laughs> Okay. but I didn't, you know, I tried to, and I mean, we got along as divorced couples go, we did pretty well for the most part. Yeah. But I didn't want to, you know, I mean, I think I made an effort not to, you know, I mean, if we hadn't had times that we were not that happy with each other, we wouldn't have gotten divorced. Yeah. So, but I, I think I'd try to not include you in that. In the fact that you were splitting up? Well, pretty- and after the fact, when we, you know, when you guys were going back and forth, 
if I would be frustrated about something he did or didn't do. Yeah. Well, yeah, you were always good about not talking about it. Yeah. But I was always aware that you were... <laughs> right. That something was going right. on, too. Right, yeah. Um, that's, why, that's why I just feel like it's better to talk about it, even if it's inappropriate, even if the kid is, seems young, you know? Kids, kids learn really fast. And they pick up on stuff in the adult world yeah. long before they're given credit for it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think you should like run to your kid and say, "Hey, I did, I did right. all this stuff that's crazy," and you, sh you know, like you don't want to introduce ideas to them that haven't occurred yet. But these days, I don't think there's much. Yeah, you know, our kids learn soon enough that their parents are whack. Yeah. That uh, mm. you know you, we don't have to help with that. And well, that's what I mean. That's why I'm saying like it. It makes more sense to just come out and say it. Like, hey, I'm struggling with this. I don't even know what I'm doing. And I'm, you know, but I guess that would strike fear in the heart. Yeah, I think there's a level at which that scares them that yeah. they want to know. I mean, I think the balance is not not wanting, you know, wanting to make sure they know that that I've got it together enough to keep things sailing. And the only time I felt like, that wasn't the case or might not have been was after Michael left. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, and, that's when I would have... And Eric said it. that, you know, that he'd never seen me like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's my memory of it, too. And, is it, and it wasn't like I was trying to bring it to you guys. It was just that No, it just took the wind out of your sails, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's understandable. Um, but I, I feel like... If you're a kid and you see your parent worried or struggling about something and you don't know what it is, you can make it worse than, you know, you can imagine it being something even bigger than it actually is. Yeah. Which I often did. I mean, I, I, if I didn't know what was wrong with you and yeah. I saw that you were upset, then I thought, well, it's got to be something big. She's, not, she's uh -huh. not talking about it. She's crying. She, you know. Yeah. So I think in some ways it's, it's scarier not to know. But, but it's a question of how much you tell them. I know, I and yeah. it's always that question. Yeah, And it right. never really is a clear answer. Yeah. And I think it's pretty easy to, to think you're doing the right thing and do it, do, well, do and, something that's pretty impactful in that, you know. And every parent does that. Yeah. So you just have to <clears> assume sort of that you're... You know, that's the other thing about forgiveness. You know, not... You know, that's another reason to practice it is to, you know, model it for your kid. Absolutely, yeah. You know, and to see if, you know. Well, I'm and I, I mean, I really believe in it. I don't, not to disagree with your therapist. No, you're allowed to. I, and, I, and I'm allowed to as well. And uh, I've you, told, know, you know, I don't, I, I think that that, I have, I not only have I experienced it, but I've, um, it's, I find it, essential to healing yeah well i I've, i'm absolutely for it and i strive for it regularly like I'm, I'm not saying you shouldn't i think striving for forgiveness is is an absolutely virtuous pursuit you know i think it's what all of us should be doing and all. getting it that it's not for the other person yeah, well, and, yeah, ultimately it's for everybody, but yeah, it's for you, it helps you Because for me, right I mean, I've gotten annoyed with friends, you know, always. I'm usually annoyed with somebody, <laughs> but, you know, it's, um, it, you know, it's, 
Uh, now that I don't have a husband, it's, you know, friends, and but it's way less. And, you know, when I'm able to, you know, say what I need to say to them and then let it go, it's a huge relief. Of course, yeah. And um, it just, you know, I mean, I don't think it's that mysterious. No, but I, and that, I don't know if that's, to me, that's different than forgiveness. That's, you're, you're putting it all out on the table and making sure everybody's been heard and, you know, acknowledged. And well, that, now, I mean, there are times when I don't say a word to them. I just decide in my mind that I'm going to let go of this. Okay. And that it's not worth it and it's hurting me and that I still want to be friends with them or I don't want to be friends with them, but I have occasion to be with them at various times and I'm just going to be... Yeah. You well, know, I'm just not going to hold on to it in a way that makes it hard to be around them if I have to. And Well, it's easier know. to do that with friends, I think. I mean, it might not be easy to talk to all of your friends yeah. about stuff, but I think that there's more leeway and there's less backstory and less like sort of obligatory bond. Um, but also the thing that's been the hardest for me is to forgive someone who who hasn't yet acknowledged that anything happened. So for me, it ha- like it hasn't even reached the point yet where the the person's admitting any part in it. See, so, I don't think that matters. I, it shouldn't, and on a spiritual level, I'm sure it doesn't. But in my mind, it does. Like in my mind, it's like you motherfucker, you better at least say yeah. this happened. If you're not going to say sorry for it, you better at least admit that it happened. And if you're not going to do that, then I can't get to the forgiveness. And that's that's the feeling I'm left with. I don't like it, and I don't think it's a good model. But that's how I feel. Yeah. It's like fuck you. You're not even going to say that you played a part. Then no, you're not. You don't earn you've not earned forgiveness that's kind of how i see it yeah well see i i think that it's that i'm and i'm not saying i can always do this yeah but um and i've i've certainly worked on family relationships also yeah. so i get that those are harder and i mean i realized it wasn't until after my mother died that i realized how afraid i'd been of her mm-hmm. but uh i think it's totally an inside job I think that it doesn't, you know, that that to let go of it helps you, to let go of, to hold on to it hurts you, regardless of what that other person does. I totally get it. And I and again, intellectually, it makes yeah. perfect sense. And I would be able to integrate that information if not for the fact that I have this other bypass that says none of that shit matters. You can, you you beating yourself up about it is part of the deal like that's part you know like somebody told me I was not worth enough at some point and I believed it and then spent the whole rest of my life trying to convince myself that actually I am worth enough and so anybody like any record in the past of somebody mistreating me in my eyes or making me like bringing me back to that feeling of not being worthy but on the other hand you got a lot of input that you were worthwhile. I did. I mean, more than the other. Well, but I also, it was also tempered by the fact that I had uh, an older brother who was a prodigy and got way more attention than I did for everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, I think, is is another thing that, that 
certainly like it's there. another factor yeah, yeah. but it's it's yeah. part of the mix for me it's right. like it's part of that reestablishment yeah. that i'm less than that's, yeah that's that was sort of the ongoing theme throughout i was like well you're not you're still not yeah worthy of mention you're the you're the artist's brother you know and i mean i always tried to to undo that until you told me that I was making too big a deal about how good your work was. Right. Well, that's the yeah. thing. Like, false praise wasn't going to pull me out of it either. Like, but, if you're looking at our two drawings and saying, I mean, like, what you were saying to Eric about his was authentic because his was out of, it was amazing what yeah. he was drawing. What I was doing was at the level of what I should be doing. But it wasn't. And, that was the thing. That was what I didn't know at the time. But art teachers told me that your stuff was amazing. And I didn't know from art. Well, I guess it felt, yeah, it felt less amazing. Yeah, well, I get that. I totally yeah. get that. And I think, I mean, one of the things that I've always admired the most about you is the, the grace that you've had in, you know, in living with that. I mean, I'm, as you know, have issues of, you know, with a much less, you know, sort of dramatic uh, kind of, you know... Um, Construct. Yeah, I mean, it's... I don't know how you've done that and been so gracious. Well, because I don't hold anything against him for being who he, you know, he didn't but do... But still, that's... I mean, to me, you're, you know, yeah, you don't draw like Eric does. Okay, I said it. You know, there it is. But... You are no less amazing a human being than Eric is. Thanks. Yeah. And I have never thought that you were. Yeah. Well, and, that, and your your acknowledgement uh, acknowledgement of that is probably what kept me going all this time. You know, like to, knowing that at least my mom, at least, if nobody else, at least my mom has always got my back, and that's always the feeling I've had. So. Uh huh. Well. But, you know, I mean, I don't want to, and I, you know, I mean, I didn't know what to make of Eric's talent. I didn't even know he had it until teachers started telling me that. that yeah, but they started kids, telling you pretty early. All kids didn't draw like that. Well, yeah. Kay Gould was really the first one. Yeah, she made you understand that yeah. it's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, exceptional. And, um, but I wanted, you know, I didn't want that ever to be a disparity, but there there wasn't a hell of a lot I could do about it. But in terms of, you know, and, you know, he's not an asshole either, which would have helped probably. (laughs) Um, And so, I mean, I've, and I've said this many times, one of the things I'm proudest of in my entire life is the relationship you have with him. And I think that, that, that you two have with each other is I mean I think that is a huge tribute to you and who you are. Well, and to you and how you well, raised us. Well, I can't do that with other people. I have way too much comparing <laughs> and jealousy and envy and all that shit. I would never be able hmm. to be friends with Eric if he were my really? sibling. Hell no. Because of his achievements. Yeah. Huh. I've never seen it that way. It's never once crossed my mind. It's he's yeah. just he's just my brother. I love yeah, him. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And he's a great guy. He's a great guy. He does amazing work and yeah. I, I want him to be successful with it. And it's what he wants to be doing and I want him to have a happy life. So right. I don't know how you 
I don't understand the other way. I don't understand how you could hold a grudge against your, you know, I understand sibling rivalry and competition and stuff, but fuck, I want him to have the best life possible. Why would I, why would I get upset if he's, if he's doing it? (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I I guess. I don't get that at all. All right. Yeah. It's too I altruistic. Like, yeah, it's like, Jesus, how does he do that? Well, I don't... See, me, I well, so it's grace. It's not me. It's great. I'm, I'm just experiencing... But credit for it. But so why? I I'm think, not doing it. I'm not doing anything. Well, I mean, if anything, Eric should take credit for it because he's he's been this incredible role model all these years. Yeah, but Eric was born with that talent. I mean, granted, he's worked really hard and he's, you know... He works his ass off yeah. to develop it and promote it and all of that. And, you know, he's fabulous. That There's no emotional argument about that for me, but so are you. Thank Not you. the no. least of which is that you can do that yeah. and that you can honestly say that you. why would you want anything else for him but the best? I mean, that blows me away. But I- well, I thank you, but it's, but it's not an effort. I'm not. I'm not like doesn't saying. mean that you can't take credit okay. for it. All right. I think. I think he it's, was born with that artistic gift. Yeah. And he's worked to develop it. Right. You were born with that ability to have that kind of grace, and you live a life where you act on it. That, in my mind, is as big. As it is him developing his artistic gift. Cool. Well, thank you. I'm glad you see it that way. And but you just downplay that like that's no big deal. That's just grace. Well, no, it's not. Well, I guess it's I'm, who you are. Yeah, but I, but if it's who I am, I mean, I guess I, I am choosing to stay in it. But, yeah. But <laughs> all right, I'll take some credit for it. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for because for, I can't do it. Forcing me to see it. Yeah. And I compare myself to this day, to people. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be. Well, I do you know, too, but I just don't want others to fail in order for me to succeed. Well, I want us all I to do. succeed. God damn it! <laughs> I know. Well, that's a. And so do most humans. Well, that to me is a, is the wrong way to see it. I understand that. I don't think it's a great way either. But I think that the fact that you don't do that is way bigger than you give yourself credit for it being. Well, thank you. Um, I'll uh, point received. Yes. I'll, I'll let it. I'll let it. I'll digest that one. And a bit. that is every bit as magnificent. Uh, state of being as Eric's art talent. Yeah, well, I don't, I mean, I don't even put, I don't hold them as things that need to be compared. I just think we are different people who have our different lives and, you know, I couldn't be more happy to have him as a brother. And, you know, he's been a model for me in so many ways. And, you know, I idolized him growing up and, you know, there are a lot of ways I still do. And he's been, I mean, talk about grace to, to do what he does and be as humble as he is. Yeah. So, but you also, you know, you have ways of, you know, you're, you know, you have gifts that are every bit as great as his are. And um, I, you know, I wanted to raise you in such a way that you would really get that and feel that. And, you know, I did my best because I felt weird about it 
as soon as I got it, that there was something going on with him. Yeah. And how to balance it out. And I did it in clumsy ways. And some of the things that I now realize are so magnificent about you, I either couldn't see or couldn't articulate them. But, and they are the reason that I firmly believe that you deserve a life without resentment and why I would do anything to help you, you know, let go of the shit you're holding on to that gets in the way of your happiness. You know, regardless of what anybody else does. Yeah. Or any theories about forgiveness or who's <laughs> experienced it or who hasn't. Yeah. But the fact is that shit hurts you and it hurts your daughter and that's all I care about. Yeah. And, you know, what somebody else says or acknowledges it, they're not at a spiritual place where they can do that. Mm. And you are. You have, you take such rigorous ownership of yourself in every way, almost too much, that it's hard for you to fathom that somebody wouldn't be able to simply say, yeah, I fucked up. Mm-hmm. You know, that's inconceivable to you. But there, because you were born with that big view. But I don't know, because I went through that whole phase where I would have been, <clears throat> I wouldn't have admitted fault for the. I mean, there, there definitely appeared in my life where I wasn't taking ownership of anything. You know? Yeah, well, yeah. So you were a teenager learning. and a human, and you know, right. rebellious. You know, you did all that stuff. But as a being, yeah, you're capable of uh, of world view that other people may not be and to wait for them to catch up in order for you to be happy is self-abuse and sabotage and it doesn't matter what they think or that they own it it makes no difference it's not you can't change it it happened your only choices now are what to do about it i know and i know that i know that and i still yeah i'm making choices that aren't the best well but you can i'm learning yeah you can get through it yeah i do yeah and it's within your power and not nearly as hard as some of the other things you've done Mm -hmm. and even though it feels insurmountable it's not well yeah it doesn't really anymore because i'm finally coming into my own in a way that I feel comfortable with and I don't feel right. like I have to apologize for or explain no. or, you know, but no. that's a fairly recent development and that's thrilling and a, and a long me. time coming. Yeah. To me too. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's been what I've been waiting for. Like, yeah. Finally I can be myself and right. not have to say sorry, you know? And I think that's just taken as long as it's taken and yeah. people, you know, grow in different ways and have, are here for different reasons. Right. Yeah, that's something I need to remember. I'm always on this agenda of my own, thinking that everybody else has a similar one, and they're all so different. You know, yeah. Somebody, it's like a miracle if one, if somebody lines up even a little bit. Right. So yeah, and and it's still it's hard to step out enough to remember that. Like, oh, that person's 
just on a different path. Right. They're, they're going to learn a different lesson in a different way. That's right. And on a different day. And, and, you, and yeah. you're not involved in that. And it's got nothing to do with you. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I can, I mean, I'm getting better at seeing that in the moment, but it's still, it's mostly upon reflection that I can <laughs> have well, those insights. Well, that's how we and, learn. Yeah. yeah. But then, it, you know, I'm not always the best at applying it because I'm also a judgmental, you know, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm critical of people. But you're, you know, you're working on it. Yeah, I am always working on it. Yeah, and, you know, that's all you can do. Yeah. I mean, I'm much pettier and much more, <laughs> and much less gracious about wanting other people to have what I don't uh-huh. than you are. And I want, I, I I want everybody to have everything. I want everyone yeah. to have everything well, they see, want. Do you hear how I, unusual that is? I guess, but I don't, I don't know Turn why. on the I don't, TV. No, I, I see. I see that it's not the the status quo i understand that i just don't know why i don't know why anybody would ever wish for harm to another so get it that that's your gift okay i'm trying you don't know that yeah yeah don't try and learn it no i'm not i mean i did i already went through that that's the thing and that's like that's how i learned to not like myself yeah by doing all these things that went against my own code thinking like oh is this right is this what society wants from me is this how i'm fitting it you know no get that what you the the fact that you can't see that (laughs) is you know it's like some some funny cosmic kind of joke it's just not that funny say in the program any burning desires is there anything well you asked about what my new uh career idea is yeah and um and i haven't it's it's come to me in little um sort of i mean one of the one of my goals for the rest of my life is not to obsess so i don't want to obsess about you or your daughter or your brother or money or health or but I also don't want to obsess about the future. Okay. I want to live in the present. So th- this 
it's dawned on me lately that I might not be entirely washed up. <laughs> and as I contemplate, you know, over the last year, it was like, well, maybe my health is going to shit, so this is irrelevant. But now I'm really sort of ridiculously healthy yeah. for my age and in better shape than I've ever been. I exercise more than I ever have and eat better than I ever have, and uh, which is all stuff that I never thought I even wanted to do. So it's, you know, and the good news is since I didn't exercise for all those years, I walked pain-free to go visit my friends who were having their knees replaced. Because they did too much? Yeah, because they started too early and just peaked. That's a good point. Yeah, I think... Hold off on your... Hold off on your fitness till 70 and then really jump into it. it. So anyway, now that I feel better um, and think about that, you know... If I'm going to be alone forever, I'm alone now, I can't just sit here and watch TV. Yeah. And I, my mind needs to be distracted. Or engaged. Engaged I mean, and I, creative. Just, yeah. And to me, that's more the motivator than distraction. Right, right. Yeah, no. And like you, the, as you pointed out, when I'm writing, I don't obsess. Yeah. But um, so my new idea, since I've always been a coach and a therapist and, um, and all of that stuff, I got this idea, and now I'm going to name drop. Um, when I was trying on my outfit to be a bridesmaid at Anne Lamott's wedding, even though I wasn't in the New York Times picture with all the other bridesmaids, I had some future friends Future resentment. Yes, that, and do I resent that? Log, yes. Log it in. And am I happy that all those people got in the New York Times and I didn't? No. <laughs> but are you happy that you're friends with Anne Lamont? I am. That I'm very happy okay. about. Yes, That's all so you need I'm to know. grateful. And I wouldn't have a book if it weren't for that. So um, anyway, I had gotten this outfit and for the wedding, and but I it, this was the week of the wedding and I hadn't put it on together yet, and I had the skirt and I got the blouse at Ross for fourteen ninety nine, originally forty dollars, and I got the sweater at Nordstrom Rack originally one ninety five for twenty three ninety five, and I got the shoes for fifteen dollars at the Nordstrom Rack. So I was telling my I'm glad friends, your memory is being put to good use. Yeah, that's, just, yeah, that's that's how I keep it in the shape. Um, I told these people that that was, you know, that how much I'd saved, and I put the outfit on, and they said, "Wow, what an eye! That's amazing that you put that together like that so easily." And then they all talked about how much they hated shopping. Mm. So, and I've always thought that if I could get paid to shop. That would be my ultimate dream. Yeah, it's right up your alley for sure. So, and then the next day, as serendipity would have it, I met this new person who's in marketing, and I was telling her about it. She said, yeah, you can call it the new you, and you can focus on women who are having trouble adjusting to changes in their body from age or disease or whatever. And then I started thinking about, well, I've been a therapist, for 40, 50 years, I've been, you know, I had this empowerment model in the 80s, and I've been working to make people feel better about themselves forever in an effort to make myself feel better about <laughs> myself, of course. And, yeah. um, 
So why not combine that with the shopping? Mm -hmm. So my tentative title is In and Out Beauty. Okay. Um, like In and Out Burger on the In and Out Beauty. Get <laughs> okay, it? I get it. Yes, transformative retail therapy. Wow. Huh? Yeah, I like it. So call this number <laughs> if. Uh, All right. Well, what are you doing? Are you going to have any clients? I started yet? on Friends. Yeah. Are they paid clients or are you not uh, yet? Is, is, is not your, yet, uh, but I may training? have one coming. So awesome. And I'm open to, for business. I haven't figured out the fee schedule, but I think that I'll charge more for the actual coaching slash therapy sessions than taking people to Ross. That will be. Yeah. And I had thought about billing only based on what I saved them. Oh, wow. But, you know, that gets dicey because you can't always validate the compare at price. That's, that's for sure. In fact, you probably never can validate it. Well, if, if you have the tags from the designer on there, uh -huh. then it's easier. Right, but you know that's a markup too, right? Well, maybe, but that's what you'd pay if yeah. there were any such thing as a retail store. Right. But still, I can get stuff cheaper. Right. I mean, I saved $300 on that outfit for Annie's wedding, and I didn't, and I already had the skirt. Well, there you go. Which was sort of the centerpiece. And, so, you know, I mean, in my solo show, Shopping is a Spiritual Path, which you can find excerpts from on YouTube, <laughs> um, I talk about how the way that works is that you follow your intuition to shop. And then you calculate how much you've saved, and then that's how much you have to spend the next time. Right. I remember this. So model. that would be that's the model. Equation. And you know, for for elders who may be financially limited. Yeah. What could be better? That's true. Well, you sold me on. Okay, good. Except I don't need your services. No, I'm you sorry. don't. You've been trained as you have a genetic and hereditary gift for discount and consignment shop shopping well and i'm just trying to not consume right and you're a minimalist so no. but let's not get into that i now. don't think i'm a minimalist I'm, no no i'm far from it but i'm 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 headed in that direction more than the other right so we don't want to talk about that when i have potential clients out there listening that's a good point yeah I, no i your services are badly needed yeah just not by Myself. Right, right. So you can go, and I don't have it up on my website yet, but you can go okay. to terrytate.com and and find me if you're interested. Awesome. Yeah. All right. All right, honey. I love you, Mom. I love you too. This is so fun. It was really fun. Thanks Maybe for talking. Maybe we should just put headphones on in the future and pretend we're doing this. Yeah, every time we talk. Every time we talk. Okay. Uh, whether we'll on the phone some. or in person. That's or right. We'll get headphones for the whole family. I like it. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Well, thanks so much. Uh, thank you. I love you. Love you too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, everybody. That was me and my mom, Terry Tate. Um, as she said, you can find her at terrytate.com. That's T-E-R-R-I-T-A-T-E dot -E com. 
think it sticks in your brain more if I do it staccato like that. But that's just my theory. Um, so, uh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Last week I made a mistake. I said that there's an audio version of her book, A Crooked Smile. But there's not. Um, I think there should be. And I wish that there were. Um, but right now it's only in book form. But that's the best form of book there is. The kind that's actually a book. That's my favorite kind. Um, so yeah, it's called A Crooked Smile. It's a memoir. It's beautiful. You should read it. And what else? Well, I love my mom a lot. I'm really glad we can talk the way that we do, as I've said. And we'll probably say again. So I thank her again. I thank all my guests for being who they are and for being honest about that and being open with me. I think it's just really cool that people come and talk to me about stuff. So I'm honored and um, grateful, and I appreciate you all, and I appreciate my listeners. Thank you for listening. I love you all. If you want to talk to me with words on a screen, you can do that with email at outspokenpodcast.com. You can also find me on Instagram, um, at outspoken underscore podcast. I I do more than just like put ads up. I do like photos and I tell stories and I put hashtags and some words and things. I think that's what other people do on Instagram too. But um, I don't know. You know, I'm trying to make it a little more interesting than some you know what I'm talking about. Okay, so I uh, love you guys. See you next week.